Hello everyone. Happy New Year and all the best to you and your team in 2023. This is my fourth year in a row putting out a J1 starting lineups preview post and the response I've received to the previous three editions continues to blow me away. The 2023 version follows a pattern that those of you familiar with my work will recognize, but I've also thrown in a couple of additions that will hopefully enhance your reading experience. Anyway, no matter whether this is your first time hearing about this blog or your 100th visit, thanks so much for supporting my work and I hope you enjoy what lies ahead. Let's start with a quick rundown of the general layout of this post. The Guide Teams are listed below in the order they finish the 2022 campaign and each club's mini-section contains the following information. Best Signing This won't necessarily be objectively the best player the team have signed over the winter, more the one I feel will have the greatest impact in 2023. Biggest Loss The Opposite of Best Signing One to Watch Again, this might not be the best player in the squad or the one most likely to attract European scouts, rather someone who's good bad or inconsistent form will heavily affect the outcome of his team's campaign. Notes, me trying to add some color commentary to the graphs and tables contained in the next section of the guide. Predicted lineups. A few caveats here. For simplicity's sake I've assumed every contracted player to be fit and available for selection when choosing these best 11s. These are not meant to be seen as the predicted starting lineups for round 1, think of them more as the players who will feature most across the course of the year. Obviously new signings will be made in the summer, but unfortunately I'm not in possession of a crystal ball to make forecasts that far in advance. In cases where numerous players may see significant minutes in a certain position I've listed alternatives below the main choice, players may appear as alternatives for more than one role. I also hope this illustrates where certain clubs have perhaps overstocked in one area of the field while neglecting others. Where two alternatives are listed, the name on the left is the one I consider to be higher on the team's depth chart. I think I say this every year but I'll repeat myself anyway, expect the lineups for teams that have kept the same coach and most of the same playing staff as the previous campaign to be more accurate than those that have seen multiple changes in management and on-field personnel. I have done a great deal of research to get these lineups as accurate as I can to the best of my knowledge, but full disclosure, I've also acted on a few hunches and taken a punt on some lesser-known talents, I guess there wouldn't be much point reading this article if I just stated the obvious. Players coming from university sides directly into professional starting 11s is one of the unique selling points of football in this part of the world versus, say Europe, and it can be immensely tricky trying to project how each year's batch of fresh-faced graduates will do, especially when data about their positions and skill sets is hard to come by and the little information you can find seems to show them playing in a position that doesn't appear to exist at the club they are joining, for example a wide midfielder in a university side that plays 4-4-2 moving to a J1 team that operates a 3-4-2-1. Will they be a wing-back or inside forward? I'm guessing these are the kind of choices that might generate the greatest debate, so please cut me some slack, I like to use stats, but several players below have made the grade base largely on gut instinct developed over a decade watching the J-League. Squad list. You will see a screenshot of each club's current squad as of the day of going to press, January 29, 2023, but just a quick reminder, you can check out the up-to-date version by clicking on the link to this Google Sheets document. 2021 and 2022 stats. Key performance indicators I've collected over the past two years and how those numbers stack up against fellow J1 sides. This is a new feature in the preseason post, but versions of it have been a staple of my Gamba match previews for several years. Please note the figures in the hash column are per 90 minutes with the exception of XG for and against per shot. 2023 fixtures. Another new feature for 2023, this one is very much as it says on the tin and at a glance look at your favorite side schedule for the upcoming year. 2022 Appearance Data 
This shows another table that long-term readers will be familiar with and the color code to assist you in understanding it can be seen below. Basically, it illustrates who played, scored, assisted etc., and how often, during the 2022 league campaign. How good a guide the past is for predicting the future, I'll let you make up your own minds on that one. Still with me? Yes? Great. Well, with all that said and done, let's move on and take a look at each of the 2023 J1 sides one by one, shall we? Again I look forward to hearing feedback, good-natured, I hope, from fans of all teams, followers of the league in general or just casual passers-by, you're all welcome. While I'm confident you'll agree with some of the points below, I'm also sure there will be many choices and opinions that people will disagree with, and that's all fine, it's why we love the beautiful game so much, right? The Teams Yokohama F. Marinos Best Signing, Kenta Inoue, right-sided player, solid defensively and comfortable in midfield, Transferred from Oita to Marinos, remind you of anyone? Inoue first caught the eye with Trinita back in 2021 and has since experienced relegation from J1, in addition to Emperor's Cup and promotion playoff heartache, so he most definitely arrives at the Nissan Stadium battle-hardened. He'll get playing time in Kevin Muscat's rotation system and there are plenty of other big names around to let him develop in relative anonymity. A smart piece of business yet again for Marinos me thinks. Biggest loss, Tomoki Iwata, Hands up who had him down to win J1 MVP when the 2022 season kicked off? Not many I'm sure, but he was majestic whether selected in the Marino's engine room or at the back and thoroughly deserves his big move to Europe. The Tricolore replaced him in bulk as they simply couldn't find a replica and it'll be fascinating to see how Takumi Kamijima, Kashiwa, and Takuto Kimura, Meiji University, get on under the bright glare of the spotlight at Nissan Stadium. One to watch, Takuma Nishimura, from unheralded arrival to genuine league MVP contender in the space of less than 12 months, 2022 was quite the ride for Takuma Nishimura. Marcos Jr. is still nipping away at his heels for a starting berth and chances to play center forward may lie ahead in the wake of Leo Sira's departure. Whatever happens, Nishimura will certainly have to go some way to top the year just past. Notes, while expected to be competitive 12 months ago, few were bold enough to predict a second title in four seasons. However, they got there relatively comfortably in the end, thanks to Kevin Muscat's squad management keeping everyone fit and on their toes while delivering some, at times, dazzling attacking football and generally standing firm at the back. If Muscat can keep the ship sailing in the right direction, bank on them being there or thereabouts come the business end once again. Kawasaki Frontail Best Signing, Yusuke Sagawa his overall numbers for Shonen last season may not be that impressive at first glance, but it's worth considering that Sagawa recorded a higher XG total than 13-gold teammate Shudo Mashino. If he rediscovers his shooting boots and the more attacker-friendly surrounds of the Todoroki Stadium then Frontail fans could be in for a real treat. Biggest loss, Shogo Taniguchi, a surprising departure, but ultimately a move to the Middle East represents a well-earned payday for Taniguchi in the wake of his impressive World Cup showings. He'll be missed by the Frontail fans, their marketing team and dog-so-loving refs alike, but after winning four J1 titles, one Emperor's Cup and one Levon Cup in nine seasons in Kawasaki, it's hard to begrudge him moving on. One to watch, Yasuto Wakezaka, with plenty of changes in defense and attack, there'll be a lot of responsibility on Frontail's dynamic midfield trio in the season ahead. Ryota Oshima unfortunately seems to be getting struck down by injury on a more and more regular basis meaning the onus will once again be on Yasuto Wakezaka to be creator-in-chief for his side. 5 goals and 8 assists in 2022, Toru Oniki will be looking for more of the same this term. Notes, how they manage the changing of the guard and attack and defense will surely determine their fate in 2023.
Toru Oniki is still around to oversee the project and he'll have to contend with Leandro Damao and Yukobayashi missing the start of the campaign, while winger Akiro Yanaga certainly isn't getting any younger. Will Teisei Miyashiro and Shin Yamada hit the ground running right from the off and is Takuma Ominami about to silence the naysayers by stepping into Taniguchi's enormous boots with aplomb? More questions than usual down frontail way this year, does Oniki have the answers? Comments, Kobayashi likely isn't really an option on the right wing. I moved him there to help illustrate that Miyashiro and Yamada will vie for the starting center-forward spot in the early months of the season. Sanfreki Hiroshima Best signing, Shudo Nakano, captain towing Yokohama to success in the All-Japan University Football Championship on New Year's Day and arrives at Hiroshima Prime to start from the very first match day. Nakano debuted at right wing-back as a special designated player in the 0-0 draw with Tosu in round 1 last season, though he can also operate as a center-back which is where he and fellow varsity recruit Taichi Yamasaki, Juntendo University, may ultimately end up as Michael Skibb seeks to reduce some of the burden on the aging show Sasaki and Sakasa Shayatani. Biggest loss, Tomoya Fuji, J1 Sprint King reveled in new German Kantaku Skibb's Jigen pressing system before injury curtailed his season. Hiroshima still have options out wide, but none quite as dynamic or relentless as the Gifu Express. One to watch, Piero Soti Ryu, with Morishima and Mitsuta riding shotgun either side of him, is Sodi Ryu destined to be the angel upon the Christmas tree for Skib as he seeks to deliver a first J1 title to the Edeon Stadium since 2015? The Cypriot was the hero in Sanfreki's Levan Cup triumph last October, though he struggled to make much of an impact in the league following a summer switch from Europe. Completely rested and with a full preseason under his belt, he seems primed to take Japan's top flight by storm in 2023. Notes Going by the goals he set out when he first joined the club, the Skib project is running well ahead of schedule. What then will 2023 bring? The German has at his disposal a talented squad, slightly lacking in numbers, which leaves the Viola's chances of success balancing on the proverbial knife edge. Is a slip back from the heights of last season inevitable or do they have a realistic shot of moving a couple of rungs up the ladder? Comments, expect a fair bit of chopping and changing at wingback early in the year. It's also possible for Skib to set up with Notsuda holding in midfield, Morishima and Mitsuta further forward and Sodi Ryu partnered by Ben Khalifa in attack. Kashima Antlers Best signing, Tomoya Fuji, I'm breaking one of my unwritten rules here by including Fuji in one team's best signing and another's biggest loss categories, but his pace and work ethic are mana from heaven for an Antlers outfit for whom the moniker sluggish would often have been appropriate throughout the second half of 2023. Biggest loss, Ryuji Izumi, the Swiss Army Knife's departure will be felt more keenly than Kashima may have expected when they chose to let him return to former side Nagoya, who in turn will get a bigger shot in the arm than his rather unheralded unveiling would suggest. One to watch, Yuma Suzuki, love him or loathe him, you have to admit that he is box office. Shot out of the blocks 12 months ago with 6 goals and 6 assists in the opening 15 games, but could only follow that up with 1 plus 3 in the remainder of the campaign. His side need him to make headlines for the right reasons in 2023. Notes, current Kantaku Daiki Iwamasa was an Antlers legend as a player, but doubts persist as to whether he has the mettle to cut it as a boss. His Kashima side were able to meander to fourth last season despite seemingly being out of form for a good chunk of the campaign. If they're able to find any sort of rhythm this time round then surely the most successful club in J-League history have to be considered genuine contenders for a ninth J-1 crown. Comments a midfield diamond with Sano at the base, Pituka and Higuchi wide and Araki at the tip is an option too. In that case, Fuji becomes a candidate for a fullback berth. Cerezo Osaka. Best signing, Jordi Crew, 
Think back to Leo Sierra's headed equalizer in the 2-2 draw between Cerezo and Marino's last term. Now close your eyes and imagine the Brazilian in a pink jersey and that it's Jordi Cruz, not Tomoki Iwata, supplying the delicious cross. It's not that hard to do, and indeed it appears that the Cerezo front office have turned the dream into a reality this offseason by bringing the duo to the Yodoko Sakura Stadium. Is the partnership destined to become the stuff of legends or ultimately prove to be nothing more than a mirage? Either way, it's going to be fun finding out. Biggest loss, Gene Patrick, not a whole lot of competition for this category to be honest, which surely stands Cerezo in good stead for the upcoming campaign. Gene Patrick was the Cherry Blossoms hero with his brilliant last-minute winner away to Gamba in the Osaka Derby last summer, but in reality, and I swear this isn't sour grapes, given he was a regular in Portugal's top flight prior to heading to Osaka, his overall contribution could be viewed as underwhelming. Certainly, if replacement Capixaba impresses early doors then Gene Patrick may find himself quickly forgotten about in South Osaka. One to watch, Leo Sierra, I'm prepared to take flack for this and also willing to walk it back if I turn out to be bang wrong. First of all, I don't think you have to be a particularly brilliant finisher to score in the region of 10 goals per season for Marinos, you just need on-field minutes. Secondly, if Marinos really wanted Sierra, he'd still be there. Does the 28-year-old Brazilian have enough fire in his belly to prove people like me wrong? Is the aforementioned combination with crew about to become the Jordan and Pippen of the J-League? All will be revealed in due course. Notes, Cerezo enter 2023 with a settled, well-balanced squad, both in terms of age and ability, and are coached by a man who knows the club like the back of his hand. The Cherry Blossoms have never won J1, I'm not saying this is going to be their year, but their fans absolutely have the right to expect them to improve upon last season's fifth-place showing. Comments, if the rumors linking Shinji Kagawa with a return to Cerezo are true then I'd expect them to sometimes operate in a 4-2-3-1, system with Kagawa playing just behind the main forward. It's also highly possible that the majority of the veterans' appearances could come from the bench, in which case he may feature on either wing. FC Tokyo Best Signing, K. Koizumi, having stood in admirably at right-back for Kashima, Koizumi reignited his career with an excellent season alongside Akito Fukuta in the Sagan Tosu engine room as the Kyushu side exceeded expectations with a comfortable 11th place finish in 2022. His work rate and passing abilities should be able to shine through in what is a midfield stack with talent at the Ajinomoto Stadium, though failing that they could always repatriate him to fullback, an area of the field where they're not quite so well covered. Biggest loss, Kazuya Kono, just like Cerezo above, the gasman didn't suffer a lot of key departures in the winter, meaning I'm left choosing a player who saw injuries and experienced competition get in the way of him making a greater impact during his two years with the club. Kono's screamer against future employers Fukuoka last July clearly got their attention and served notice of just how deadly he can be given time and space to operate. One to watch, Kuryu Matsuki, FC Tokyo are a team that have relied on moments of individual, usually Brazilian, brilliance to get them over the line for a few years now. With the Puig era in full swing and the average age of the lineup getting lower, it's high time some of their young guns displayed a bit of X-factor of their own. Enter Kuryu Matsuki a player who has made the tough step up from high school football to the senior game looks simple and is currently surely one of the most scouted talents in J1. Notes, Albert Puig is about to begin his second season at the helm, and after a solid, if unspectacular 2022, what can we realistically expect in the coming months? Probably more of the same to be honest. Puig has a deep, talented squad to work with, but, for me anyway, it lacks enough of the genuine stars necessary for a title push. Though the Gasmen are certainly more than capable of another top six finish should things go according to plan. Comments, 
Everyone I've listed on the right wing is also capable of playing on the left so Nishido and Arai may have to bide their time and prove themselves in the Levon Cup. Kashiwa race all. Best signing, Kota Yamada, following a couple of years under the tutelage of Peter Kolomovsky at Montedio Yamagata, ex-Marino's starlet Yamada is primed and ready for a return to the big time. While 13 goals and 10 assists during two seasons spent in the fantasista position speak highly of his abilities, his 114 through balls played in 2022, second most in J2, give an even better indicator of the type of talent the Sun Kings now have on their hands. Biggest loss, Yuji Takahashi, with the departures of fellow defenders, Takumi Kamijima, Marinos, and Takuma Ominami, Kawasaki, eating up many column inches, Yuji Takahashi taking the plunge down to J2 along with new employer Shimizu may have passed many observers by. S. Pulse's 191cm centre-back Yugo Tatsuda moves in the opposite direction and while he's younger and outdoes Takahashi in height and physicality, a large part of me senses that it's the Shizuoka side who've got the better half of that particular trade. One to watch, Mateus Savio, the effervescent Brazilian looked like he'd become the player Sun King's supporters had long dreamed he would, with his six goals and three assists in the first half of 2022 proving the catalyst for Raysal's surprise bid for a top-four spot. Unfortunately for Kashiwa, he mustered a solitary assist after that as they failed to win in their final 10 outings. Greater consistency from the former Flamengo man is required this year to ensure the good times are a-rolling at the Hitachi Dai. Notes, underachievers in 2021, overachievers last year, somewhere between 7th and 15th seems about right in 2023, though the J-League never operates in anything like a predictable manner, so best not all rush to back Raysal for 11th just yet. Plenty of changes over the winter, some fresh talents are on board, but holes exist in the squad too which leads me to conclude that they aren't genuine ACL contenders nor a relegation candidate, will that be enough to appease their passionate band of followers? Comments, 442-4231 with Shihashi partnering Takamini in the middle and Mitsumaru dropping out of the above 11 is also a possibility. Additionally, I'd bank on them adding an attacking player from overseas before the season kicks off. Nagoya Grampus. Best signing, Casper Junker, since returning to the top flight in 2018, both of Grampus' previous expensive foreign center forwards, Joe and Jakub Swiersok, have enjoyed explosive starts to life in Nagoya before disaster struck. In Danish dazzler Casper Junker is it a case of third time lucky? Seven goals in his first six J1 games back in 2021 had opposition defenses cowering in fear, but his career in Saitama never really went according to script in the 18 months that followed. An epic hat-trick in the 3-3 tie at home to Marino's last term was a clear highlight, though only being able to start 14 league games all year must be a concern for Grampus. Future club legend, or the latest in a line of overseas attackers to promise heaven and earth, then ultimately failed to deliver? Biggest loss, Leo Silva, Nagoya got good mileage out of the veteran last term leaving many a fan to lament his departure. Just how deep that feeling continues to run very much depends on how Yonimoto, Nagasawa and Yamada do in plugging the Silva-shaped hole at the heart of the Grampus engine room. One to watch, Mateus Castro, he was almost like a one-man band at times last year, contributing eight goals and five assists including a wonder strike at home to Iwata. How will he do with a stronger supporting cast surrounding him in 2023? Notes, 8th place in 2022 under Hasegawa earned them few plaudits or awards for artistic merit. With a rock-solid defensive line, the versatile Izumi back on board and their own version of O Triton in attack, anything other than a genuine assault on the top four will, and should be, treated as a failure by the Jalarasi faithful. Comments, if Nagami starts ahead of Maruyama, he'll be on the right and Nakatani and Fuji will both switch one place to the left.
The midfield may be set up with Inagaki sitting in two players ahead of him and a front two rather than the three illustrated above. Arawa Red Diamonds Best signing, Marius Hoabraden, Alex Schultz's previous centre-back partner Takuya Iwanami never fully managed to endear himself to the Reds' faithful during his five-year spell in Saitama, meaning that for many, it's high time he moved on to fresh pastures. As for his replacement? Step-forward left-footed Norwegian Marius Hoabraden who'll form what could well be the J-League's first-ever all-Scandinavian centre-back pairing with the aforementioned Schultz. Should Hoabraten settle in as quickly as his Danish counterpart then we can expect to see a robust Reds rearguard in 2023. Biggest loss, Ataru Esaka, after a bright and breezy opening to his career at the Saitama Stadium through the back end of the 2021 campaign, Esaka failed to reach those heights again in his sophomore year and has now opted to take what is becoming a more and more well-trodden path from the J-League to the K-League. There may be exciting replacements in attack for Reds, but there must also surely be a number of their fans lamenting the loss of a maverick such as Esaka. One to watch, Atsuki Ito, fast becoming Mr. Urawa, Ito has improved year on year since turning pro and with doubts surrounding how well-suited fellow midfielders Ken Iwao, Kai Shibato or Yuichi Hirano are to a title challenge, a lot of pressure will come to rest on his young shoulders as he seeks to provide a reliable link between Urawa's extremely impressive back and forward lines. Notes, new coach Mache Scorza is on board for 2023 and has an accomplished-looking group of talent under his wings. Statistically Reds should have been title contenders last season, but ended up in mid-table. If their new Polish coach can find the formula to convert spreadsheet success into tangible on-field results, then they'll be right up there. A good start in the league and lifting the ACL in the spring should make the rest of the year so much smoother. Comments, should Yorgos Jayakumakis, or any other reputable foreign forward, put pen to paper in the coming days then I'd expect him to partner Linson in attack and Koizumi and Okubo would then battle it out for a spot on the wing in more of a 4-4-2 setup. Hokkaido Kinsadol Sapporo. Best signing, Seiya Baba, comfortable on the ball and capable of playing centrally or out wide in defense or midfield, Japan under-21 international Baba is made to order for Misha Petrovic's side. Biggest loss, Tomoki Takamini, he said he wanted to become an international footballer and was leaving childhood club Kinsadol in order to achieve his lofty goal. Fair enough. Though if you're a Sapporo fan, the fact Takamini has headed to a divisional rival that finished a mere three places above you in J1 last season must sting a fair bit. One to watch, Takaro Kaneko, after a real breakthrough season in 2021, Kaneko seemed to plateau a touch last term, though in retrospect he did provide a career high five assists. A pacey, skillful and clever player, Kinsadol supporters and fans of the league in general are well within their rights to expect more from Kaneko in the months that lie ahead. Notes, mired in mid-table since 2019, it seems prudent to predict more of the same at Sapporo once again. Goalkeeping giant Gusungin is back from military service and they've acquired some intriguing young Japanese talent, though they're likely going to have to find a way to successfully integrate Supachoke and Kim Gunhee into their starting 11 if they're to stand any chance of throwing off the mid-table shackles. Sagan Tosu Best signing, So Kawahara, after blasting through J3 and J2 with Takeshioki's impressive Roaso Kumamoto side, So Kawahara is now ready to take J1 by storm. As you might expect from a statistical stud like Kawahara, who dominated both J2 offensive and defensive numbers last term, he's made the smart move of beginning his ascent to the summit of Japan's top flight with perennially under the radar Tosu, giving him room to breathe as he finds his feet in the rarefied air of J1. Biggest loss, Teisei Miyashiro. His return to parent club Kawasaki should have come as no surprise to anyone familiar with Japanese football, 
and the success, or otherwise, of the man I'm about to talk about below will determine whereabouts between big loss and catastrophic departure Miyashiro and his 11 goals plus assists from 22 appearances fits on the pain chart for Tosu. One to watch, Kamen Togashi, I labeled Togashi a non-scoring center forward prior to him promptly silencing me with a double in Sendai's crucial 3-2 win over Gamba at Panasonic Stadium back in 2021. He's since followed that up with a decent return of 11 strikes for Vigalta in J2 last time out. Can he and the supporting ensemble contribute enough goals to keep the feel-good factor alive and kicking down Tosu way? Notes, Kenta Kawi is back for a second season in charge no doubt thrilled to bits that his Sagan side haven't been asset stripped quite as much as in recent years. That's not to say they won't miss the likes of Diego, Koizumi, and Miyashiro, and they'll definitely need an unheralded signing or two to come through to replace them. Unearthing another gem from their much-vaunted youth academy wouldn't go amiss either as they seek to build on 11th place last time round. Shonen Belmare. Best signing, Song Bum Coin, surprising and welcome in equal measure, the transfer of World Cup 2022 squad member Song from South Korean powerhouse Genbook to suburban Shonen has certainly raised a few eyebrows in East Asian football circles. Kosei Tani may be gone after three generally excellent years down on the Kanagawa coast, but in Song, the Seasiders have as good a replacement as they realistically could have wished for. Biggest loss, Yusuke Sagawa, while he blew a few key chances at critical points last season, Sagawa's link-up play and movement proved to be crucial, not only in his team's relative success, but also in aiding the goal-scoring exploits of teammate Mishino. That he's moved on to neighboring juggernaut Kawasaki speaks volumes of his abilities, and the likes of Hiroyuki Abe and Kosuke Anas have big shoes to fill in the wake of his departure. One to watch, Shudo Mishino, having bagged the highest tally of goals for a Belmare player in J1 since 1998, some speculated Mishino would head back to his former side Yokohama F. Marinos, yet here he is ready to spearhead the shonen attack once again. His 13 efforts in 2022 incredibly saw him finish just one behind the league's overall top scorer, though it was a large overperformance versus his XG tally. Can he continue to bury chances for fun, or is he due a slip-up sometime? Notes, with the highest J1 placing this side of the millennium in the bank, their coach and the bulk of last season's squad still in tow and only one relegation spot to be avoided in 2023, it's easy to be optimistic about Belmare's chances. However, as we all know, Japanese football has a habit of turning round and biting you just when you least expect it, so please forgive my unease at feeling so positive about Shonen. On paper avoiding 18th should be a relatively simple task, will it prove to be that way in reality? Vissel Kobe. Best signing, Mateus Tuller, I've cheated here slightly as Tuller has turned his loan move from Flamengo into a permanent deal after turning out seven times for Vissel in J1 last season. Calm and composed on the ball with a keen eye for a pass, measuring up at 185 centimeters, 83 kilograms, he's more than able to mix it up physically also. Tuller's capture represents an extremely shrewd piece of business by Kobe. Biggest loss, Yuki Kobayashi, defender Celtic, one of two Yuki Kobayashis to leave the Noever Stadium in the winter, with the midfield version venturing north to Sapporo. Ball playing, youth product Yuki Kobayashi was often a figure of stability at the back for Vissel during the early part of 2022 when it seemed that all around him was burning to the ground. Sure, it must be nice for fans to see one of their own head for the bright lights of Europe, but his absence also leaves a void that will be hard to completely fill. One to watch, Koya Yuruki, having started his Vissel career as a winger in a team that didn't play with any wingers, a system change midway through 2022 afforded him an opportunity that he grasped with both hands. That meant that at the age of 27, after a number of years of threatening to do so, Koya Yuruki finally made his breakthrough as a bona fide star in Japan's top flight. 
there will be a bit more weight and expectation on his shoulders this term, plus he's got some stiff competition to deal with in the shape of Gene Patrick and Shuhei Kawasaki. I'm forecasting big things from him and international honors may not be out of the question in the not-too-distant future. Notes, Vissel supporters have a right to feel a tad puzzled by their club's recent transfer strategy. Without a senior addition of note as 2022 turned to 2023, Kobe found their backs against the wall and largely forced to chase overseas talent or overpay for domestic-based stars. There is still a very skillful, if aging, starting 11 to be crafted from their squad, however, is the depth there to challenge at the top end of the table and can off-field stability be maintained long enough to allow Yoshida and his players the opportunity to succeed on the pitch? Comments, approaching 39, Andre Iniesta may be relegated to bench duty more often than not, meaning the side could set up in a 4-3-3 system. Avispa Fukuoka. Best signing, Rio Gasato, after two consistent goal-scoring seasons amidst all the off-field turmoil that engulfed Tokyo Verde at times, Fukuoka native and Higashi Fukuoka high school old boy Rio Gasato has earned a shot at the big time with hometown club Avispa. Finding the back of the net has been an issue for the Wasps since they returned to the top flight in 2021, so credit to the front office for pulling off quite the coup by repatriating the highly touted Sato amid stiff competition. Here's hoping, for their sake, that the move pays dividends. Biggest loss, Takaki Shichi, following a stuttering start to his professional career, Shichi has been on a sharp upward trajectory throughout the past four seasons. Avispa can be glad that they got two solid campaigns out of the left-sided defender and must now pin their hopes on returning hero Masashi Kamikawa having enough remaining in the tank to fill the Shichi-shaped gap on the flank. One to watch, Yuya Yamagishi, a double-digit goal-scoring season for a team not known for their attacking prowess saw the likes of Gamba and Kashima reportedly knocking on Yamagishi's door. He has commendably opted to remain with Avispa, but after a meandering career largely spent in J2 where he averaged a goal every six games, is it realistic to expect more heroics from him this term? Notes, a solid defense, a settled playing staff, a clear modus operandi and a couple of exciting attacking additions, 2023 should, in theory, see Fukuoka steer well clear of the dreaded drop zone. I was quite bullish about their chances 12 months back and they rather underwhelmed. Still, I'm reasonably confident that the spine of their team is armed with the talent, new and J1 experience to shift up the rankings ever so slightly. Comments, 4-4-2 is generally Hasp's go-to formation, but playing that would involve dropping one of their star center backs for a winger. Does he opt for the best 11 players, or the system he's more comfortable with? Additionally Murakami versus Nagaishi for the starters gloves is a toss-up at the moment. Gamba Osaka. Best signing, Riku Handa, with the team's reputation taking something of a hit from two torrid seasons in the bottom half, Gamba have been forced to shift focus and look to young talents that fall into the low-risk, high-reward category. In 21-year-old Montidio Yamagata and Japan under-21 right-back Riku Handa, it appears they've struck gold. While Ryu Takao has proven to be a solid gatekeeper, Handa's pace, energy and attacking prowess give the Ao to Kuro an added edge down the right flank which will surely complement Keisuke Kurakawa on the left nicely. Biggest loss, Patrick, binning your top goal scorer of the past three seasons may not seem like the brightest thing in the world to do, especially when you're a team that's been struggling to break opponents down. However, in removing Patrick from the equation, Gamba's front office have made it clear that long ball is a thing of the past and possession-based football is the way ahead. Fans may lament his loss and reminisce about the good times, but it's hard to argue against the notion that the Brazilian's best days are behind him. One to watch, Takashi Usami, Losing Usami to an Achilles injury in round 3 last term ripped the heart out of Gamba, while his return, though unspectacular, had a real soothing effect on those around him. 
seemingly more focused on assists than scoring himself these days, mature enough to don the captain's armband and enough of a club legend already to become the successor to Yasuhito Endo in the number 7 shirt. Naratsuri fans can't wait to see Usami link up with Isam Jabali, Wanalano, now Hiro Sugiyama and the host of other attacking options at the club. Notes, after a couple of dismal years by their standards, Gamba seek to rise again under the guidance of former Tokushima boss Danny Poyatos. There are a few eye-catching signings from J2 and overseas to throw into the mix, how quickly can they all adapt to their Spanish Kontaku's possession-based style of football? How the Naratsuri start 2023 is key and will likely define whether top 6 or bottom 6 awaits them. Comments, there are still a number of unknowns at Gamba and several of the players listed as wide forwards could conceivably play as is one of the more advanced central midfielders and operate in a sort of hybrid number 10 role. Also, who prevails in the Higashiguchi versus Tani battle is still anyone's guess. Kyoto Sanga. Best signing, Taiki Hirado, a class act for Machida in recent years, Hirado gets a well-deserved second shot at the limelight after rather surprisingly not seeing much playing time at Kashima, the club that raised him. Able to operate on either flank or in the number 10 role, he delivered an impressive 80 goals plus assists in 203J2 appearances across two stints with Zalvia and if Sangha get anything like that kind of return then they'll have a real gem on their hands. Biggest loss, Naoto Kamafukamoto, unfortunately from a Sangha perspective there was some pretty stiff competition for this title. Peter Utaka would have been the hands-down winner any time up until late summer last year, while Takuya Ogiwara, now back with parent club Arawa, will also be a hard act to follow. However, I plumped for Kamafukamoto, one of the pleasant surprises of 2022 following an indifferent previous campaign with Tokushima. He'll now continue his much-traveled career with Kanagawa Giants Kawasaki, can he oust Frontale's long-standing custodian Young Sung Ryong? One to watch, Paulinho, a seemingly spur-of-the-moment lone pickup from Ukrainian side medalist Kharkiv, out of match practice, the Brazilian didn't feature a whole lot in Kyoto's nervy run-in last season. This year though he should be fully up to speed and ready to deliver performances befitting a player who, with the greatest respect to Sangha, had global geopolitics turned out differently, would have been strutting his stuff at a higher level. Notes, if the bottom three all had to contend with relegation in 2023 then Kyoto would be a team with a fair bit to worry about. With that said, I don't feel this is the weakest group of players in the division and coached by the Wiley, experienced Chokui J they ought to have just about enough finesse to remain in the top flight. They've stocked their attack largely with quantity rather than quality, which, in fairness, is a criticism that can also be leveled at a number of their rivals. If they can find some Razmadez up front, then allied to a solid backline they may surprise a few people, though realistically we're unlikely to see them threaten the dizzy heights of the top half. Comments, new defenders Misao and Yoha have both operated on the left side of back threes in recent years so Cho could, in theory, use the 3-4-2-1 formation that served him well during his time with Shonen. Yamasaki is another centre-forward option, but he might not start a lot. Albirex Nigata. Best signing, Shusu Oda, fresh off a couple of excellent seasons with Machida Zelvia, Livewire attacker Oda brings even greater potency to what is already one of the most dynamic areas of Albirex's squad. 20 goals and 12 assists during his time in the Tokyo suburbs mean he's more than earned a crack at the big time and the ability to slot in anywhere across Nigata's front four means playing minutes won't be hard to come by. One to watch for sure. Biggest loss, Ipishinozuka, I feel a little bit like a broken record with some of these teams, but once again there wasn't much competition for this prize. Shinozuka saw a shoulder injury restrict him to just 14 appearances during his lone spell from Kashiwa. A standout for Omiya in 2019, his performances have meandered downwards since.
he'll be hoping to use this upcoming year to reverse the sense of what might have been that surrounds his career. One to watch, Ryotaro Ito, a J2 MVP contender in 2022. Now at the age of 25 it seems like Ryotaro Ito is finally ready to stamp his authority on the top table of Japanese football. Unable to quite make the grade in the cutthroat atmosphere of Arawa's top team, a lone spell with Mito got his career back on the right path before 9 goals and 11 assists in his debut campaign at the Big Swan marked him out as a danger man of some repute. Notes, a suspiciously quiet winter in northern Hakuriku sees an extremely settled squad gearing up for Albirex's first J1 season since 2017. Truth be told, while there are a number of talented youngsters in their ranks who'll surely have visiting scouts purring, a lack of depth at centre-back and centre-forward allied to a general dearth of top-flight experience across the board could prove to be their Achilles heel. Yokohama FC Best signing, Mizuki Arai, defeating a whole battalion of rivals to land this gong is Mizuki Arai who is the latest player to make his way along the well-trodden path from Tokyo Verde to Yokohama FC, albeit via a brief loan spell in Portugal. Any fans of the excellent Japanese website Football Lab will be aware that Arai was the king of their chance-building point metric in early 2022, delivering numbers that were frankly off the charts for someone not starting every week. Speaking of which, super sub is the role I see him playing at the Mitsuzawa, and just how super he is may be the decisive factor in the fully survival bid. Biggest loss, Masashi Kamikawa, Barely edging out Montidio Yamagata recruit Zain Saka owing to his greater versatility and the fact that he strengthens a rival, Fukuoka, Kamikawa spent a solitary season with YFC, but made a pretty big impression. Able to play as an orthodox left wing-back or as a wide centre-back in Shuhei Yomoda's diet Petrovic 3-4-2-1, competent defensively and useful in attack, this is one hole the fully could have done without having to cover. One to watch, Koki Ogawa, it couldn't be anyone else could it? An incredible 26 goals last season helped fire the Cyan Blues to promotion and got Koki Ogawa's spluttering career back on track, earning him J2 MVP honours to boot. His deadly double at home to Jeff Chiba last summer drew comparisons with Ayase Ueda and I'm honestly surprised a side like Kashima didn't move for Ogawa in the offseason. Does he take to his second spell in J1 like a duck to water and if so, how long can Yokohama FC keep him at the Mitsuzawa? The answers to these questions will go a long way to defining the Fully's year. Notes, I might as well spit it out right away, a total of 20 new faces drawn from J1, J2, varsity football, high schools, Brazil, Vietnam and South Korea gives me strong Matsumoto Yamaga vibes, for those of you new to Japanese football, they dropped from J1 to J3 in the space of three years on the back of similar scattergun recruitment. Now, let me balance out that rather provocative negative comment by saying, there is an absolute ton of talent throughout this side. Should Kantaku Yomoto be able to find the right blend then they may turn a few heads and shoot up the table. The odds on the reverse happening are a tad more likely though, I'm afraid. You made it this far? Wow. Give yourself a medal. Seriously, thanks very much for your support and enjoy J1 2023. The End